everybody. Welcome back to another episode of First in Ten. I'm your co-host, Mitch. And my name is Adam, and here we're bringing you our regular season finale with the Week 17 recap, and we'll get straight into it with Sunday afternoon. Here we saw the Dolphins, a Ryan Fitzpatrick-less Dolphins team, so they are quarterback this week, go up against the Bills team, which was basically second strings for the whole second half. But um, rookie quarterback Tua Tagovailoa was not able to get into a rhythm this week as we saw the Dolphins get slaughtered and miss out on their playoff chances when it was honestly pretty hard for them not to make it, considering what they had going for them going into this week. Absolutely. It seemed like like Miami fans were actually going to be able to make the playoffs on their second season of the Brian Flores rebuild. They needed just one of, I believe, four events to happen. But obviously the easiest way, controlling your own destiny, being your division rival Bills, and uh, taking your spot. But alas, they fell short. And uh, let's talk about it. Why – how did the – I thought this defense was supposed to be good. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this defense was top 10 in almost every statistic. I mean, no, this. this defense this defense has been solid all year. They they were missing one or two players, but that doesn't make up for their lack of defense. I mean, Josh Allen's a great quarterback. And Josh Allen's in, it's all good. But the fact that two or through three picks and they had a punt return touchdown, it's like, the, the the Bills are only scoring thirty five ish points if that's prevented and um I, I I'd just like to focus in on Tua this week because I've not been the biggest Tua fan all year and I know people are gonna make the excuses for the drops and everything but this man was only sacked once his O line clearly was performing to the level they need to be to protect him this week and he just couldn't get it done I mean. Yes, he ended with 360 yards, but through the first two quarters, he had like 30 attempts under 150 yards and two picks and no touchdowns. And besides throwing a touchdown in the fourth quarter when the game was really over, he, he was pretty disappointing for the second quarterback taken in this year's draft. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, I will say that one of his interceptions was after a receiver fell down, the one that ended up being a pick six and essentially – not the dagger, but, like, the unofficial dagger. However, it the pass was behind him, so people, like, like to make that excuse. I believe that that would have been a pick either way. Um, you know, it was disappointing for the Brian Flores-led Dolphins to go out this way. Uh, I think that if um, if they put Flora, uh, Fitzpatrick in in the second quarter, had he been available, this game might have ended differently. I mean, I think one of the other fascinating things to take away from this game is typically when the team throws two interceptions, it's not a definitive loss yet by any means, but that's not good. You know, that it, you're definitely at a, at a disadvantage there when you throw two interceptions. But yes. somehow Josh Allen and Matt Barkley combining for two interceptions still managed to drop 60 points on this team. I mean, if that doesn't signify red flags, I don't know what does. Yeah, say what you want when your opponent, you're, you're, the opposing team can't get the run or pass game going. Receivers are dropping balls left and right. The quarterback's not making throws he needs to th- throw. And the special team just got awful this week. That's what's going to happen. And it, you feel for Ryan Fitzpatrick especially because man's like 40,000 years old and he's still never made the playoffs. And it just seems that year after year, he's just one game away. Like in the 2014 season, he was on the Jets. 
All he had to do was beat the Bills, and he couldn't do it. And I know he wasn't playing in this one, but it's always the Bills that are sending him home. And yeah, they, they're not showing love for their former quarterback. Uh, but, uh, yeah, with this game, I think we've said all of it. I mean, the Dolphins needed to win this or have a bunch of other teams lose, but nothing really happened. Uh, on to the next game, Jets-Pats. Um, we're not going to talk about these games with no meaning at all, but uh, – Cam Newton, Cam Newton had the best game of his season this week, but sadly, and one could say Darnold did too. <laughs> sadly, none of it mattered. Uh, I'm not going to talk much. If you want to say anything, you can, but we'll just go right on when you can. Despite Darnold throwing two interceptions, this still looked like one of his best days. He had a pretty solid completion percentage, and he threw a touchdown, plus throwing for nearly 270 passing yards. Um, it seemed like, I mean, the Dolphins, or not sorry, the Dolphins. The Jets went up 14-7 and then just got clobbered by the Patriots in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Honestly, I didn't expect much, but um, it would have been kind of funny if the Jets had ended their their uh, abysmal season on a winning streak. Um. Yeah, okay, let's move on to the next game. We have the Ravens and the Bengals, which was a blowout, but it was an important game for the playoff picture. The Ravens won 38-3. You know, I really thought – the Bengals would have at least competed a bit in this one. This game was over right from the start. When your quarterback throws six for 21 with two interceptions, there's no shot you're winning. I mean, and then J.K. Dobbins, who I I personally believe is the best back out of this, the most talented back out of this year's draft. Maybe you could argue out John Taylor, but him and him and John Taylor are definitely the two best backs. Once again, coming out and just dominating this week on 13 carries with 160 yards and. That's why he leads the league in yards per carry with six. Um, I think this this game doesn't mean much for them because the Ravens, they basically made the playoffs before this week. I mean, all they had to do was beat the Bengals. They pretty much manhandled it. But, uh, Wait, but the Steelers couldn't do that. I mean, I, I'm not saying that the Cincinnati should have beaten them. Well, or well, it's, or you're playing that, a different but... quarterback, too, this game. So you have that going for Oh, they're playing Finley. You're right. Um, um, but uh, Well, I – Wait, I just want to say this before we move on. Um, although, obviously, the game itself did not seem like an insurmountable challenge for Lamar, winning out and putting the team on his back and saying, no, guys, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I'm going to take it to the playoffs. I hate Lamar, but I, I have to give him a lot of respect. After that Cleveland game, he really, really turned everything on and just became his former self. And Because let's be honest, the, the Ravens, had they lost that, that Cleveland game, are not making the playoffs, you know, and he, they need, they knew they needed to be excellent. And then a combination of John Harbaugh's, um, his tough love mentality and uh, Lamar just deciding to absolutely go super sane. I, I was impressed with the Ravens. Yeah, um, I was really impressed with their performance. On that point, um, I've been very high on the Ravens since the preseason. Even when they were six and five, I still had a lot of faith in them. And I feel like I've been saying for the past few weeks, if the Ravens are able to get – to the playoffs, I think they can make a run. And, you know, I, the Ra- no Ravens player is going to go out and openly say it, but the one thing they won this postseason was at that game against Tennessee, and they got it. it we're we're going to see them play against yeah. Tennessee this weekend, and I'm excited to see what Lamar is able to do in his third playoff game because we haven't seen much in his first two. Uh, with that- also, don't forget, there's a ton of history with this team. I mean, everyone want- is quick to go to the uh- – the divisional round last year in the playoffs when Derrick Henry um, ran all over them. But let's not forget, there was another overtime thriller where Derrick Henry called game 
uh, a few weeks ago as well. I believe it was exactly. I think I think the Ravens. I think the Ravens have the most to prove this postseason out of any team. Uh, we'll get into that in the next episode, but let's move on to Cleveland versus the Pittsburgh backups. Um, so whether you like it or not, I didn't love the Cleveland players celebrating mocking Juju in the locker room and all, but Cleveland did get the dub. They did secure a playoff spot. And if they had lost, they would have missed the playoffs. So it, it was a very big win for them. Um, for the Steelers, I mean, there's not much to say about this one. They competed, they're playing Cleveland, uh, Cleveland team. That's very unhealthy next week. Uh, but, um, Mason, it, it was nice to see me. I think the, the highlight of this game for me was to see Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett reconcile at the end of the game. Oh, absolutely. Like that was really powerful to show, like, literally one year ago, Miles Garrett was one of the most hated players in the league. We still don't know what Mason Rudolph said. We never will know. But there was clearly bad blood between two, the two of them. Miles Garrett wanted to talk with Rudolph after the incident. Rudolph elected not to, I believe. I'm not really sure, but it was just it was nice to see them reconcile after the game. Yeah, agreed. Um, neither of these teams were very healthy leading to this game. Actually, I shouldn't can't say that because the Steelers intentionally benched um, uh, Hayward, T.J. Watt, and Ben. Just like seventy-five but, um, to fifty to seventy-five percent of their starters. I don't think so, but um, I believe that they the key Minka played to it played. Um, Alu Alu played, um, Steven Nelson played most of their big guys played. Like I said, Pouncey, Watt, um, Hayward and Big Van were the big four. I mean, there could have been others, but I, like, don't forget, you know, Devin Bush, Bud Dupree, those guys weren't benched. They were just, they're not healthy. Um, but on the, on the, on the flip side, we were down two linebackers as we find ourselves down two linebackers every week and our best our best corner as well um so we were a little unhealthy as well um so yeah like the yesterday bench are starters i'm not saying we're gonna come in here and beat them next week i'm not saying anything like that but it's not like they benched their entire team they benched like four good players and we were already we were down our best defensive player as well um, um but yeah it was good it was it was a good statement win um there's nothing too exciting mason and baker both did decent um, what's it called? Chubb had a Chubb really put the team on his back. The play calling was a little sketchy because typically when you think of um, when you think of Pittsburgh, you think of this team that was able to shut down the run. And granted, they didn't like I like we said we did, they didn't have Watt or Hayward who are they're known for being two of the best run stoppers on that team. But Nick Chubb was averaging eight yards a carry. And granted, he did have that forty-seven yard run at the beginning, but the fact that we only rushed a few times and the fact that Kareem Hunt um, wasn't given opportunities that I would have liked to to see, I would have liked to see him receive was a little, was a little frightening to me just because I really thought we could have, we could have ended the game in a swifter way versus giving Pittsburgh life at the end. We could have just ran the clock, but instead we kept going the shotgun, which I'm not a fan of, but um and it, a win's a win. We're in the playoffs. We could get killed 70-0 to zero next week, and I don't care. The drought's over, um, and we have a future at this point. So, um, yeah, it should be, yeah, it'll with, be fun with to With that said, rematch. congrats to all the uh, old-time Cleveland Browns fans that have been waiting 17 years for this moment. Uh, 
I just I Joel won't be with us to to experience this first playoff game. That's what Onto really one of the best games this week, but also one of the most disappointing due to the lack of trying on Sunday night football. We have the NFC East matchup that almost got a team into the playoffs between the Giants and the Cowboys. And this was just the tale of what we saw all season. This Giants defense was excellent. And this Cowboys defense wasn't great. Even though we saw some flashes of Lamar Jackson and Andy Dalton this week, it ended up not being enough for them. Um, And then again, the most disappointing player this season by far for me has been Ezekiel Elliott, and he continues to disappoint week by week. Um, I want to point out one thing here. Uh, I know the Cowboys, I don't know if they'll fire Mike McCarthy or not. They haven't yet, but – he had some questionable coaching this game. Someone maybe even say he lost them the game on a Dante Pettis first down catch. He was clearly out of bounds. McCarthy should have thrown the challenge flag. It would have been fourth down. They would have punted. It's a whole or kicked a field goal. It's a whole nother game then. Um, but uh, you know, I was as as someone from or close to New York. I was. It was. It was nice to see the Giants pull off this victory. Um, Daniel Jones, he wasn't terrible this week. I'll give it to him. Okay, he, he he did have two turnovers, but he threw for two thirty yards and two touchdowns. And this defense has done what it's done all season. I mean, there's not much more to say for me about this one. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows the recipe to beating the Cowboys: run the ball. Even when Wayne Gallman almost cost the Giants the game, he still managed to have himself a pretty decent outing, <laughs> averaging six yards a carry. Like, just just run the ball. It's not that hard. And choose clock. And against this team that just literally can't do anything, I mean, that's how you win games. And that's that's what the Giants did. They ran twenty. They ran the ball 28 times. It was impressive. And I agree with your Zeke slander. He has been wildly disappointing this year. But I believe this is also the first year in his career where he didn't notch 1,000 yards. He was like 20 yards off or some something like that. But – I mean, I can't fault him all that much because just because I don't think he's the elite talent that everyone says he is because he's dependent on a bad offensive or on a great offensive line. But you got to give him some credit. At least you got to take into account just all the pain they've had up front, all the changes, all the COVID, all the injuries, different schemes. It's been tough. And Zeke did not adjust. But I don't think that means. I think he's due for a bounce back here next year when Dak's back. Yeah. Um, with that said, I'll get into it later. But uh, the Giants were kind of debatably robbed of a playoff spot. I'm not saying they won a playoff game, but out of this division, I think they're the team to beat Brady and those Buccaneers, especially after their battle earlier in the season. Um, with that said, on to a meaningless game this week. Minnesota versus Detroit was a good game, but I just didn't really care. Like, it was nice. Yeah, I didn't either. The, I, didn't the only even, nice thing I did not even know who won the game. might have possibly seen Adrian Peterson's last game in the NFL. Uh, that's undecided yet. Um, Kirk Cousins played well. He'll be back in Minnesota next year. Matthew Stafford played well as well. I'm, the, the thing is, it, I don't think it's, he'll be it's, back. Was this Matthew Stafford's last game as a Detroit Lion? For his sake, I hope it was. I, I mean, for his sake, but he's – he, to, to me, he's the toughest player in the league. I mean, the, the injuries he's battled and played through. I mean, I watched a clip of this guy throw a touchdown with a dislocated shoulder to win the game five years ago. Uh, yeah. I think 
I have all Matthew Stafford has all my respect. Um, and I, I just love to see him succeed, whether it's in Detroit or somewhere else. I think it's very possible for him to succeed in Detroit next year. If you give him a healthy Kenny Galladay, you keep the offense as is. And then if you, if you, it, I feel like the, the main issue for this Detroit team this year was their defense was just atrocious. I mean, Jeff Okuda isn't playing nowhere near expectations. Um, and there, there's besides Okuda, there's just no pieces on that defense that that I think like, wow, like that's a pro bowler. Like they had Darius Slate, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so. And maybe for maybe for the best though, Darius Slate's not been playing well. In yeah, but, yet, but that's my point is, for a different. Time. If Matthew yeah, Stafford yeah, stays, I, think, I just hope he gets yeah. a defense behind him. This. No, agreed. Um, while we're on the subject of Adrian Peterson, um, Gore came out today and said that he'd be open to returning to whatever team will take him for his 17th season, whether he stays with the Jets or goes somewhere else. This man really wants to break the records. And I mean, knock on wood, he has stayed largely injury free in the previous few, in the last few years, at least. And I think I genuinely think he'll stay he'll go to another team that's in dire need of a running back just anyone who at least knows how to play the position effectively that being said i think ap is probably done um final piece i want to say about this game is while we're on the subject of the lions uh, calvin johnson was nominated to the 21 uh 2021 hall of fame ballot and um along with manning so just something to throw out there while we're talking about matthew stafford all the adversity he's faced Losing Calvin Johnson to early retirement definitely is on that list of crap. Yeah. Put up with. with that said, we spoke about this game. Uh, on to the next. Uh, we have Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Um, I mean, <laughs> as, as A.B. would say, Mitch, business is booming. A.B. had his best, yes, had his best day since return with 11 catches. 138 yard, two touchdowns, and you you know me. I'm a big AB supporter, so I just sat on my couch and smiled. I mean, the the the, the, the thing that uh, most stood out to me these past few weeks about the Buccaneers is that this this super offense is finally coming to life. And what I've seen out of this team is they're very dependent on Brady playing well. Because when Brady doesn't play well, this team doesn't succeed. And there are many teams where I can say their quarterback doesn't play well and they can still win football games. But if you're not getting 300 yards and at least two touchdowns out of Brady, I don't think the Buccaneers are winning many games. Like, Well, I think that's valid, but the defense is still there. I mean, the defense is there, they but have, I haven't been... about in the show. They've re- they have regressed, but they, they, it's still a top I mean, but 10. My point is we saw them against the Saints. Defense. We saw them against teams where where they struggled to win because Brady wasn't performing. I, I'd even say we saw them against the Giants this year. No, that's right. true, yeah. And think of, uh, let me give you their yeah. losses. Saints, 34-23. Bears, 2019. Saints, 38-3. Rams, 27-24. Chiefs, 27-24. The only game – where I'd say Brady did play well and lose is the Chiefs game, but Brady didn't start playing until the second half that game. Mm. One could even argue the fourth quarter. Exactly. I mean, he didn't turn it on until the until it was almost too late. So yeah, that's, that's the only point I'm making. Maybe not even three hundred yards, maybe two fifty and two touchdowns. But we 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 just need something out of Brady and him to control yeah. the ball for this team to win. And I think if 
they're able to do that, this team can go very far. I mean, we're talking about one of the, if not the greatest quarterback of all time here, looking to get his seventh ring. So, Yeah, playoff Brady is really scary. No, that's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, it was a good game, though. It was competitive until the last – until the fourth quarter when um, when the Bucks just scored 31. Nice to see A.B. booming, like you said. And did you happen to see Julio um, talking to the Falcons wide receivers before the game? Yeah, I mean – Just coaching I them. Julio, I know I'm Rude always going to a, a, a bad place in my heart for him after the things he did to me this fantasy season, but – it, it's just I, I wish not do? even for fantasy sake. I, I wish this guy like some health or something because this season was rough for him. I mean, he. I wish him a ring or two. <laughs> he almost had one. He was so close to getting one. Oh, I mean, I could say the same for Matt Ryan, and that Story also makes me wonder what this Atlanta team is going to do this yeah. off season because there's so many there's that. so many question yeah. marks at quarterback. I don't know who's going to be where. I mean. Wentz might have a new home. I don't think Teddy B will have a job next year. There's so many quarterbacks. It's just like, what's going to happen with them? Really? You think that the Panthers are going to target a new I mean, QB? they weren't too successful like obviously, this year. Teddy B is not the long-term answer. But Teddy B is not the long-term answer. No, no. I think, I think, I think the Panthers are going to draft a QB but, this year. I mean, they they, they, they the, have a top ten draft? pick. They're picking yeah, ahead of the Broncos, so. And we have nine, oh, so. Okay. Wait, how are they pick? Oh, okay, okay. Um, all right, ho- yeah, so that would um, be interesting. All right. Maybe Zach Wilson, maybe Kyle Trask. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to but, see uh, Trey Lance in Atlanta. I'd like to see what he's able to do. I, I don't know if that'll be a great fit. But it'll, be, it, it'll definitely be a change of system as Trey Lance is more scrambling-based than the other quarterbacks that Atlanta has seen, but – Maybe that change of scenery for Atlanta will help them compete in this division. Also, with the departure of Drew Brees possibly soon in this division, it's it, it. and even even potentially Brady. Brady's not going to be there for exactly. Five years. So He'll if you if you get this Trey Lance maybe. guy, you, you probably sit. You, I, I even say you keep Matt Ryan next year. You sit Trey Lance behind him, or Zach Wilson, or Kyle Trask, or any of or Mac Jones, or any of these quarterbacks. You sit him behind Matt Ryan for a year. Brees is gone. If Breeze isn't gone this year, he's gone next year. Brady, Brady's going to be back next year. I, yeah. I don't know if he'll be back the year after. It, it, time will only tell. But if you if you get this young guy who's been I, I'm being mentored by Matt Ryan for a season, I mean, who knows what we'll get out of Atlanta in a few years? I mean, this team was in the Super Bowl three years ago, yeah. and now they're four and twelve. Atlanta picks fourth, so assuming that Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence and, and the Jets that's, take that's my um, point. if the Jets Justin don't Fields, take there's a, Justin Fields and end up drafting uh, the Sewell offensive lineman, Miami's not drafting a quarterback, so that means Justin Fields is falling into the hands of Atlanta, which it, it might not seem possible, but it's very, it, it could happen for all we know. Well, Miami might take a quarterback. I wouldn't want to on my team if, if I were uh, – no, I'm just Greer came out today and said that they were happy. <laughs> I'm not happy with Tua, but um, I'm not I'm not Chris Greer. That being said, though, um, do we even? I mean, this is a subject for another time. But in your honest opinion, do you think that um, Justin Fields will be just another Ohio State um, bust? Or do you think he'll break the cycle? So for me, the, the 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 biggest Ohio State quarterback bust of the most recent years for me has been Dwayne Haskins. Um, 
He was one of the quarterbacks oh, where yeah. they like the Ohio State thing. It's finally going to be broken, this and that. JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, Braxton Miller, Terrell Pryor, none of them really had that like NFL talent. But um, see, it's really for me, it's really hard to judge Fields because we haven't seen him play a lot of college football. We saw one full season last year, but he's played seven games this year. And some of them he's looked terrible. And then there's weeks like last yeah. year versus Clemson where he looks like the greatest QB on earth. Like it's it's just but 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 the thing I do what I do think is that Justin Fields would have been a top three Heisman candidate if Ohio State played such and such amount of games. Uh but I I, I think if there's a QB to do it, Justin Fields is probably the highest rated QB coming out of Ohio State ever. So there comes some good. Movement. All right. So let's see, Fields. Prove everybody On to wrong. the uh, 4 o'clock slate where um, we saw the first 2,000-yard rusher since Adrian Peterson. Uh, this game was just – it was truly amazing to watch the things that happened in this game. I mean, it went – the ending of this game was just thrilling. It went from a Houston score, a Philly – or a Tennessee score to a Houston field goal. Score. them throwing the ball 50 yeah. yards down the field to A.J. Brown, who just burns his defender. And I don't understand how you don't guard him. I don't understand how you don't – I don't know how they didn't play deep. I don't know why they played there. man in that situation. Uh, it was pathetic. But, um, yeah. And then we got to see the rookie kicker kick the game winner. I mean, it was all feel-good moments. It, it was for the division. That, <laughs> that was such a, it was. Such it, a it, bad it, kick, too. I mean, it just – it Give me flashbacks of Cody Park, in. except it doinked the right way. Exactly. That, that's how you kick your signal. With that said, I just – I think we need a moment of silence for Deshaun Watson. This man has led the league in yards this year with, like, not a great offensive line. This man has balled out, and they've given him nothing in return. And J.J. Watt couldn't have said it any better. At the end of the game, he looked at, he, yeah, he's yeah, walking yeah. off with Deshaun I Watson. too. I apologize that you have to throw for 300 yards every game and lose. And, like, I don't play football, but, like, I felt that from, like, a fan's perspective of the Texans. Like, I felt that. Like, you – Oh, yeah. He literally goes, I'm sorry for wasting one of your years. I mean, everyone in the Texans organization, besides apparently Bill O'Brien, when he was there, can see just how special this young man is. This man has a lot of years left. Oh. But – to see a year go to waste like this one, it it, it hurts. They don't need, and it's not even like they're tanking because they don't even have their draft pick. And it was just a shitty, shitty year. Ideally, they would. I, I, yeah, I, it was really, really sad to see. He's taking hits. He was getting injured. He his fucking ass. Seriously, thank God. But, four and twelve, and have no. the number three overall pick that they don't even have. And I, it's like you feel so bad for the guy. I mean. Yeah, only person I feel exactly. worse for is JJ Watt, and that's it. Because at least, like you said, Deshaun's twenty-five. He's young. He has his entire career in front of him for the most part. JJ doesn't have that many years left. I give him five or less years left in the NFL. And damn it, I mean he's we, a winner. We watched. I don't guy. know if you did. I watched his press conference the other day about it. it it's watching yeah, stuff like too. that where like you really appreciate the game and appreciate having a team that goes out there, tries their hardest wins. And I'm not saying the Texans don't do that, but sometimes it's 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 hard because it's their it, management exactly. that puts it's them something in a the players can't, can't control. The players are going out there fighting to. every week for a paycheck week by week. But when 
the front office yeah. fucks up and does shit, not even like make mistakes in the draft, does shit to screw your team over in the future, it, it, it hurt it hurts to watch. I mean no, it absolutely here, I'll let does. you speak quickly. Um, it, no, it's like we're saying pretty much the same things. It's just tough because the integrity is that not there. We'll get into a game later on when it, you know, the integrity of the coaches and the, and the uh, management can be questioned, but just Deshaun isn't just such a, like an endless spiral here that, you know, one could say the Rams narrowly dodged with that Jalen Ramsey trade. He doesn't have weapons. He doesn't have an offensive line. He, excuse me. He sure as hell doesn't have a defense besides JJ Watt. So what the hell does he have? And what do the Texans have to rebuild themselves with? I mean, it's just maddening. I mean, it's the most underperforming team this year. And I mean, I I had Deshaun Watson as an MVP candidate at the start of the year, and I still believe he could have been that if the Texans go 12-4. and Like, it's just – it's astonishing to me. Um, Um, Congrats to the it's a shame that he he put up um, that he's, no. he's putting up MVP like numbers, not quite Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. I mean, to lead the league in yards and your team before and twelve numbers, is pretty. pretty for team to fall. Crazy. Uh, I yeah, that that's enough exactly. for uh, that game. Well, I understand we'll talk about you guys more in the next podcast, uh, but this this one was dedicated to the Texans and morning for. You. I'm sorry. Wait, just the last thing I want to say. He is 33 to 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions and 4,800 yards, and this man is four man. and twelve. Uh, on to, pathetic. On to the Do Colts and the Jags. Sense. For a minute here, it looked like the Jags could actually win this game, being down six and having the ball several times in the fourth quarter. And Dolphins fans got their hopes up, but then they realized Mike Glennon was under center. I mean, Glennon had a great game, but it was nothing yep. special, averaging six yards per pass. Come on. Uh, <laughs> the tail of the game was John Taylor. As I was saying earlier, I think J.K. Dobbins is the best uh, running back out of the draft, but many could argue Jonathan Taylor as well. I mean, uh, for this game, yep. I mean, I don't really have much to say, Mitch. If you have anything to say, say it. But it's better look next year, Dolphins fans. Colts. All righty. On to, on to L.A. versus Kansas City in a game where I really didn't give – a shit. I mean, oh, yes, su- it looks like the Chargers game. were godly, oh put up God. good numbers, but come on, the Chiefs didn't play one starter. Like, 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 we we can make fun of the Steelers for benching a few players. I don't think like a single Chiefs starter played this week. All right, they had the no wide receiver threes. That wide receiver beyond that, week, okay. Really, we'll give we'll give it. Uh, I mean, yeah. Byron Pingle was the new wide receiver too. I mean, they did like no Le'Veon on their no defense, no Tyron Matthew, no Charvarius Ward. Well, <laughs> Dondre Baker got on the field, but sadly he tore his ACL and uh, he he got a gruesome injury. Dude, wait, he did. And you feel oh, bad for the guy after this. all he's that's, been through. Oh, that's but, awful. Uh, oh. Yeah, no, no luxurious Sneed here. Obviously, no Chris Jones, no Frank Clark, not, none of the boys. But and then you look at the uh, the Chargers and they had everybody on the field. They had 
And it, but I guess that's what you do. But I mean, at least Herbert. It, granted, it was not a. Uh, it wasn't the Chiefs he wanted to beat, but he still beat the Chiefs, and um, he got to end the season on a high note. At least you know he wins the game. That he has got a good taste in his mouth, and hopefully he can use that energy to progress and become the stud that we all know he can be and already proven that he is. All that right, he on to, to the Chi-Town Bears versus the Packers. I mean, it was nothing special, but Chi-Town clinched a playoff berth even with the loss. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I don't think Chicago will make Packers. noise in the playoffs against the Bears or the Saints, but you never know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers continues his MVP run as the Packers clinched the one seed with a 13-3 record. Uh, with with this game, six out of my seven playoff teams were correct. The only one that was wrong was the one seed Green Bay Packers, but we all make mistakes. But uh, yeah, you got after that seven game losing streak. I really thought you were toasted, but no, or six game losing streak. But they pulled it out, and it brings question. All right, definitely makes um the Chi Town organization question whether or not. Trubisky will be there next year because his numbers, at least this game, were not all there. He threw a pick, no touchdowns, but he did have 250 yards. He was completing about 75% of his passes. Um, and I, I, I said from the beginning, Foles is not going to help. Foles is going to create problems. And I was right. They finally took Foles out, and then Trubisky won. I'm not sure. I forget how many games, I don't know if the stat pulled up, but Trubisky went on a pretty serious winning streak in order to uh, in order to get them in the playoffs. And not this game, like I said. The touchdowns were not there this game. But the previous two I mean, games, I think he's been the falling out. Is what's going to tell us if this Trubisky's return Mahomes. next year. If he wins one game, I think yeah. we'll see him back next year. If not, yeah. there could be a change of scenery in Chicago for all we know. Well, they could be, but I mean – we're not. I'm not talking about them signing him to a 10-year, 500 million dollar deal. But he's in. They they declined his fifth-year options. He's a free agent. All they have to do is throw a tiny bit of money at him, and I think that he doesn't want to test the market. He knows the kind of rep he has. I I really do think that he'll like. He will want to stay with the Bears. Will Allen Robinson stay with the Bears? That's a question for another episode. But if he just if he just shows a little bit of spark, a little bit of initiative against the Saints, who are known for blowing playoff leads to teams that should not be beating them. I think I think um, he's the Bears quarterback next year. On on a on a tight leash though, on that market, you know, on that on that note, uh definitely on a tight leash. He's not going to be given every opportunity in the world that a young quarterback or um someone with a lot of promise would, but like you said, you know, cuz the Chi-Town quarterback yeah, spot will definitely um, be interesting. Then we have the Saints-Panthers. This wasn't a game. Uh, could have been Teddy Bridgewater's last uh, game no, in a Panthers uniform. I don't think it will be, but uh, let me put a few this way. Teddy Bridgewater was 13 for 23 with two interceptions, and they were like, oh, let's put this P.J. Walker guy in. It can't get any worse. Let me tell you, guys, it did. In 14 <laughs> passes, we had three interceptions, so <laughs> not much – I've never seen a quarterback lower than one, but somehow Drew, he did it. Kendall, I, I think Kendall Hilton, Hinton had a better QBR than this man. And that, that, that's saying something. And even that. worse for this Panthers that's team, they let a fake running back rush for 105 yards on them. Ty Montgomery. But, uh, yeah, that's pathetic. No. It, oh, I'm sorry. Um, never mind. But, uh, 
<laughs> I don't got much to say. I think I think the moment of this game was Manuel Sanders. He did eight catches for his five hundred thousand dollar bonus, and when he got that eighth catch, you see him drop to his knees and put his arms in the air like he just won the lottery. I think that was the greatest moment of this game. Besides that, it was nice to see Lil Jordan Humphrey get some action this week for the uh, Saints. <laughs> I love yeah, that name, but uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey. He, he's going to be <laughs> if, if the Saints get the ring this year, it's going to be because of Lil Jordan. But uh, I don't got much more to say. Do you have anything? To say? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Lil, you, to Lil, Lil, Lil Jordan Humphrey. I think that, uh, let's go. Let's go in depth. Lil Jordan Humphrey's <laughs> career. But let's give everybody a quick minute. He is twenty. Okay, he's twenty-two. I, I think that I'm pretty, pretty sure this is his rookie second season. In, in 20, hey, hey, but in twenty twenty, he has three Second receptions, season. forty-six yards, and one touchdown. So you got he's going out. Yeah, he's dude, ranked one hundred sixty-second in fantasy at his position this year. Um, I said that's all the action the Saints versus Panthers seconds. game right, is going to get on this week's really podcast. Like so uh, we hope you guys enjoyed our little little Jordan Humphrey uh, take. Uh, next game is. We could have seen both of these teams in the playoffs this year if the Cardinals won this game. Uh, but uh, yeah, Kyler Murray getting hurt in the first minutes didn't really help. He and didn't. Wake Forest alumni John Wolford, the, the the practice squad walk on, that was his. Okay, wait. Sorry, it took me a while. I don't want to break your mojo, but I have the stats for Kendall Hilton. Hinton, he did not have a lower, have a well, better QBR. Than PJ Walker. Just wanted to make that clear. He had a zero point one. I believe that's the lowest QBR you can have. Completing eleven percent of his man. passes for thirteen yards. All right, back to John Wolford. <laughs> no, I love the no, no, no. Ironically, anyway, on. John Wolford is the man that replaced Kendall Hinton at QB at Wade Forest. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> John, John, I mean, John Wolford, right Wolford looking a bit like Mike Vick out here this week with 56 rushing yards on six attempts. But, uh, you know, it was just a fun game to watch. I mean, this guy on LinkedIn said he was uh, in finance two weeks ago. And this week he's starting an NFL game where if they lost, they could have missed the yeah. playoffs. Um, I mean, you're, you're, you're happy for the guy. I mean, for the Cardinals, I understand you lost – but this season, you exceeded expectations that nobody really yeah. expected. Kyler Murray had had a great year. And if he can stay healthy, you guys have a bright future. For the Rams, I've been high on them since the preseason. I, I didn't think they'd win the division over Seattle. But they, they, they performed well. I mean, considering this team went from going to the Super Bowl to not making the playoffs, you're happy for them. I think his defense, this defense is just so good at times. Really I mean, you have coach. a top three corner and you have the best defensive player in the NFL on your team. Um, this team's a bit inconsistent, out, but I agree. Oh, I, I, I agree with shout out, Mitch. I mean, they did lose to the Jets. Uh, but, um, quick shout out to Robert Woods. Oh, uh, John Wolford threw a pick. Robert Woods was able to get the tackle, get on the defensive stat sheets this week. Big shout out. Good. All right. I like that. But I'll be like that being said, like John Wolf, yeah, really he, that bad of a game to he, be fair. 
first game ever. He did what he needed to do to get the victory. He knew he had the defense behind him. When Kyler Murray went out, he knew what he was working with, and he did the job and got the victory. He didn't make the stupid mistakes that we see some quarterbacks make. So you got to give it to the guy. He didn't have an explosive statue by any means, but he, like you said, he did what he had to do. He moved the chains. He used his legs. He was smart. He did throw that one interception, but he's completing about 55% of his passes. QBR of 74. Not terrible. Not terrible at all. Good good for you, John Wolford. Hopefully, I mean, he's not much better. He's not going to be starting anytime ever, but maybe you'll make enough money somewhere where you won't have to be in finance and you can live out your dreams. But I'm sure this was a dream come true. They uh, they heavily relied on the run game, which seems to do the trick. I, I swear to God, every week it's a different running back that has a great game and has a bad game. Cam Akers averaging one and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Malcolm Brown um, averaging seven. So Moving on, we have a meaningless anyway. game. But it was fun to watch. We have the Broncos versus the Raiders. As a Broncos fan, it was nice to see Judy come back this week with his 92-yard touchdown. Um Drew Locke, uh, these final few weeks, you you got to give some credit to the man. He's really stepped it up a bit. I, I mean, he went from being one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL by far to being – he he's been solid. Besides the – even the Bills game, he was solid. But for the most part, he's he, he's been okay the past few weeks. He's been a lot better than he started. Um, well, he doesn't have a and negative he was interception like five, to touchdown ratio. Considering so he was like that, five or six in the negative at midseason, you got to give some credit to the guy. Uh, this loss wasn't on him. This loss wasn't really on anybody. Yeah. I put it on – if anybody, you put it on the coach for making some one, stupid though? timeout decisions. Uh, but it was a stupid game anyway. Now the Broncos have secured themselves. They get to the Jaguars next, and also the Broncos fans will do will do an off season prediction recap, whatever, sometime later. But the the schedule is looking a lot easier next year than this year, so maybe it's some hope for the future. Uh, quick quick prayer of the week goes out to Henry Ruggs. Um, he got rocked by the rookie Michael Ojemudia. It didn't look great. I hope he's okay. Um. With that. Michael O, the rookie, forced two fumbles this week, Mitch. Two. Uh, with that said, that's enough talk for this game. What a boost. Uh, Seattle and San Fran, another game I really couldn't give two shits about. Um, I'm going to be honest here. No, agreed. This this game was over before it started. C.J. Beathard is still in at quarterback, not even Nick Mullins. Um. It was nice to see Russ like have a not a warm up game to the uh, postseason because it didn't really have much on the line, but um, he had himself a nice game, which is what we all wanted to see. Uh, and they, they took care of business, like you said. Not much to say about this one. They took care of business. Russ MVP uh, dreams are long gone at this point, but um, nice to have a, like a little warm up. All right. Is it okay if I cut us off there? Because I know we're going to talk for a while about the Philly-Washington game, and I feel like that that's more important than the Seattle game, which good job, Seattle. Congrats. <laughs> On to the most painful game for me to watch this week as I, I was rooting for the Giants hard this week. Um, And I'm not saying – okay, we'll start with this. Who, anybody who didn't watch or doesn't know what happened – the Eagles were within three points, and 
Jalen Hurts wasn't playing great, but he was getting the job done on the ground. He was making some offense. Then they put this bum Nate Sudfeld in, who might be the worst quarterback I've ever seen play football. Like, that's an actual quarterback. Like, it's sad that this man is on a team and calls himself a quarterback from what I watched. Um, I genuinely think with that said, I'm just going to share my opinions on the topic. Um, Eagles, Doug Peterson knew exactly what he was doing when he put Nate Sub. Players, players didn't agree with it. it Yeah, sorry. Most of them did. It got to the point where three defenders were held back from confronting Peterson because who knew if he'd make it out of the stadium alive if they weren't held back. Um. My, I personally would have killed him. I, I don't feel bad for the Giants because they went six okay. and ten. Okay. If you go six and ten, you don't deserve to make the fucking playoffs. What bothers me the most about what bothers me the most about this is no, I agree that, that Philly yeah. just gave up. Their coaches gave up. Or their coach. No, Philly didn't give up. It was it was the coach. The coach wanted a better draft pick, and which they succeeded in getting, but at the expense exactly. of the, the the integrity and the but, validity of everything that those veterans have been working towards. Okay, Zach Ertz, I mean, when I'm you see Zach Ertz crying, example, Zach Ertz wasn't crying about you, that. This was his last game in Philadelphia. Either way, um, I feel bad for him. Uh, quick before we continue, shout of this game yeah, right. to Jason Kelsey. I mean, I think my favorite moment of the game was when the game was basically over. Jason Kelsey just chose to snap the ball, let his defender get right through in a rock. <laughs> Nate Sudfeld. <laughs> um, yeah. One thing that really I mean, bothered me this game Hurts was, uh, back in. Yeah. it was late in the fourth quarter. Alex Smith was under center. It was fourth and one. The defensive tackle jumps off sides or jumps into the neutral zone. Rest blow the whistles. Neutral zone is called. Yeah. Plays over. Alex Smith is just standing there. And this defensive lineman goes after Alex Smith's leg that he had the issue with, and Alex Smith falls over. And thank God he was okay because if he was hurt, I don't understand what the league yeah. would do. But that that that's one play that really stood out for me because they're, 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 despite all of the things that went on with the Eagles this week, there's no room in the sport for that. There's not. No, there isn't, especially against someone who you know, one of those unnecessary things know has been I've seen all season. You know, and it, and it, it, it hurt a bit to watch. It, it was like someone would really like do that, just like out of instinct. Like, um, I spoke for a bit yeah, on my no, thoughts we, about we, the we, whole situation. Yeah. So let's hear from you, Mitch. Yeah. Okay. So I was rooting for the Giants as well, and I agree with your point. Um. The Giants can't really be that upset, at least from a playoff standpoint, like a personal standpoint, because like you said, they only won six games. The football team only won seven, and they're going to go to the playoffs, which I still think is ridiculous, but that's how the NFL works. Um, it was more – I mean, you, you can say, yes, it's probably true. Zach Ertz was done in Philly either way, but um, the way that Peterson handled his – handled the decisions that a coach – a coach really should have the best interest – of his players at heart and watching Wentz 
Ertz and Kelsey sit out in the pouring rain in their stadium for the like for hours, just talking and reminiscing. That made my heart hurt. And granted, they could have won that game seventy-five to zero. It most likely wouldn't have changed the outcome. That all three, maybe Kelsey will remain. Maybe they'll keep Wentz because I heard that the front office thinks that the situation is still salvageable. Those three will never be on the same field, on the same team, wearing green jerseys again. I can't say never. They might all, you know. But And it could have been such a different mood had they gone out and taken down a division rival. Had they ended their tenure together with a win, with a bang. And the fact that that's how they chose to lose, by intentionally tanking for a better pick and putting some bomb who had absolutely no shot of winning – Absolutely no shot of doing anything besides guaranteeing uh, Peterson a better draft pick. It really just it, – it's, it's like a slap in the face for football fans. I understand the tank. I understand the Jaguars and the Jets have done that all year. But that was something that, you know, that was something they committed to, and they just completely disrespected – the Eagles just completely disrespected their veterans. It, it I mean, really it's also – also we were watching the final the game of Week 17 that was literally flexed um, to Sunday Night Football because of its importance. And it felt like preseason week four. Exactly. I mean, major playoff implication. And granted, I'm not I'm not super angry because Alex Smith is going to playoffs and obviously everyone want, is rooting for Alex Smith right now, especially against Brady. But, um, I, like, how is this game – how are you going to say that this game, you know, the NFL went out, they stuck their next out for you, they gave you this spot, and Peterson's going to throw it away just like that. And he claims he didn't. But Joe, so Joe Judge was in a press conference a day or two afterwards, and he basically, without addressing how frustrated he was about how, I mean, obviously he's frustrated. The, all the Giants were tweeting, talking about how, um, how you know, this is why they hate the Eagles. This is why they, the, you know, the Eagles should be punished for this. Even Eli Manning was was jumping in. Which was I think my, they, my favorite part about that whole thing was, was when Fletcher, Fletcher Cox responded to Eli Manning. Just went, oh, we don't care. <laughs> oh, something. Yeah. Like that. No, he said we don't like you either. Because Eli, Eli tweets, we don't. This is why we don't like the Eagles. And then he tweets out, we don't like you either. With a smiley face. So that was amusing, but. Joe Judge, who I, I doubted a ton going into the season. I think a lot of people did as well. Granted, his team went 6-10, missed the playoffs. But there is hope in New York for the first time in a while. And that's what I really – like, I have to give him credit for that. And so he came yeah, out, I, I like I said, a few days right after right the here. game. Um, he basically I'm said, gonna I'm not going to comment on the outcome of the game. Real quick, that what? I feel like you're about What's to say. But this is just directly from him. Okay. And then I'll let Mitch analyze it a bit. But I think <laughs> the most important part yeah. of his, what Joe Judge said was – to disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success in the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything they can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I am the head coach of the New York Giants. I mean, and the rest, the, before you go into that, the rest of the thing was exactly. basically lead, led, that led up to that was about how the NFL has worked their asses off all year to give these players a season that was somewhat normal. And the Eagles basically just threw all of that away in the final game. On prime time, on the final they game, disrespected of the the season, they disrespected all of the nurses, all the doctors, all the players. They disrespected everybody who actually holds football true and, and everybody who counted on. 
I mean, think of, you know, let, let's be honest here. This country is not in a good place right now health-wise. We're getting better with the vaccine coming out, and I'm not going to get political or anything like that. But a lot of people are suffering this year, whether it's because they lost jobs, they're dealing with social isolation, they lost family members. Football is an art form that brings us all together. And it's just the fact that the, the Eagles didn't go out there. And I, can't, I don't even want to keep saying the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles, because it was really Peterson. Like you said, the, uh, Miles Sanders and a bunch of defensive players wanted to rip his head off after that. But so Peterson decides to disrespect all of that, the integrity of the American people. And I don't want to make this a big, you know, too big of a deal because it was just a football game. But for everybody that relied on the NFL for some entertainment, making them a sense of normalcy to just shit on that, spit on the graves of those who, who we lost this year. I mean, it, it's a privilege to be able to keep your job in this country right now. Let's be honest. Unemployment is bad. The economy is not doing so well. And people are being laid off left and right. They have the privilege to get to play and coach football and make a ton of money doing that. And they had the opportunity to do what they love, to do what they do best, and to give it up in the last season, or in the last last game of the season. I mean, yeah. Really makes my blood boil. Couldn't. Anyway. That's all I have to say. Shame on you, Eagles. You were – I can't even say I you were a proud franchise, than myself. Um, shame on you. With that said, we would like to thank everybody here for watching our first episode of the new year. We know we missed a few episodes, but we're back. And we wish you all a great 21, a happy and healthy crazy. year. We're sorry um, about that, but we're going to be coming right back at we'll you. We'll be right back tomorrow with our playoff predictions. I hope you all enjoyed. I'm Adam. And that's Mitch. And...